You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode two of Attaboy Clarence. I'm going to say it myself. That whole James Stewart thing got really tiring last week. I think maybe I should have picked uh, a movie line of dialogue that sounds better with an English accent because... Yeah, it got a bit tiring with the whole out of my clouds thing. Plus, I couldn't find a very clean clip. So, uh, yeah. But thanks if you're listening, and thanks if you listened to last week. I'm sorry the sound sounded so bad. Uh, hopefully it sounds a bit better this time. It doesn't sound like I'm in a chamber pot. And I use that phrase because there is a setting on the audio editor I use called chamber pot. But that is what I think it is, right? That is the, the thing you know, old people used to, you know, in. I mean, I can't understand why anyone would want to add that effect to anything they're doing. But, uh, you know, maybe Kanye West or someone, I have no idea. Just so you know, uh, this is Chamber Pot. Chamber Pot! Have you ever heard that in any kind of audio recording in your life? I I can't think of one. Chamber Pot! Full disclosure, this one is called... Church. So movies then, what have I been watching this week? Well, I've been watching Night Key, starring Boris Karloff, which is absolutely brilliant. You need to go and find it now on the internet somewhere. You can make dinner while you're watching Night Key. Night Key. Night Key. It's a great film. Um, it's marketed as a horror film. It isn't a horror film. It's a crime film. Boris Karloff is a scientist. Not a mad scientist this time, though. He's a hard-done-by scientist who's losing his sight, has his invention stolen, so he sets out to wreak revenge on the person that stole it but a group of gangsters intervene and Boris is committing crimes before you know it and this is probably one of the only films I've ever seen with Boris Karloff where he's a scientist and at the beginning he doesn't say the line but I must be given time to finish my experiments before spending the rest of the film going off killing people yeah I mean literally every Boris Karloff film of the 30s where he played any kind of scientist always began with him doing some really important scientific work like, you know, reanimating mice or uh, trying to turn people into glass or something. And he was always interrupted just as he turned someone to glass by the police who, you know, mistook his intentions. Oh, you're murdering people, turning them to glass. And, he's, you know, he's always in court saying, I must be given time to finish these experiments. And then he's put to death. And then he invariably gets brought back to life uh, by being struck by lightning and then spends the rest of the film plotting his revenge against these people. Pretty by the numbers, but Night Key is a nice exception. It's a very, very nice, brief film. You should go and check it out if you can. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. Go and have a look. Not much to it, is there? You're a surprise to me, Pop. I didn't expect a guy like you. You put up quite a squawk. He didn't want to come up with us. Well, Pop, you got a great little gag here. Got a lot of laughs out of it. But I can really use it. Is there any reason why we shouldn't go together on this thing? Every reason in the world. 
I haven't been able to make Petty Louie understand what I'm doing, but you seem to be a little more intelligent. I'm using that machine to break through the Ranger system for purely personal reasons. Your personal reasons don't mean a thing to me. What'll it take to teach Carl to operate this thing? I will not allow that machine to be used for criminal purposes. Isn't that clear? Sit down. Hey, lay off him. He's my pal. No, no, wait. Please, don't do that. No, Michael. All right, fingers. Now, Pop, is it clear to you that you're in a tough spot? I've also been watching 1945's The Brighton Strangler, which I've re- um, viewed on the site if you want to go and have a look i love this film i love the brighton strangler who wouldn't want to watch a film called the brighton strangler it's in brighton there's a strangler that's kind of it it's great it's really really good it's a good film you need to go and have a look at this film the brighton strangler i can't believe there's anyone out there now who doesn't want to see that film the brighton strangler there's everything you need to know in that title and it's brilliant there are some terrible terrible scenes of dialogue there's a scene at the beginning where the entire back history of reginald parker is laid out by him and his fiance in his dressing room 4 30 on the dot just time to get you to victoria station my darling and for a kiss too well if you're so much in love with him then as the author of the play you ought to be able to make him go on with it my dear fella dorothy has far less influence with me as an author than as a fiance isn't that so my sweet but you're still playing to capacity I'm so tired, believe me, of strangling people 300 times in a row. Poor darling. Sometimes I'm surprised you don't strangle me after speaking those lines of mine night after night. Poor darling, my foot. Your place put him on top. And after all, it is a success, isn't it? Sheldon, no boy, it's no use. This may sound hammy, but I just can't bear playing a strangler any longer. Thanks for making me a star. And Dorothy Dearest, thanks for writing the corniest of thrillers. <laughs> <laughs> I promise to make it up to you in the new play. I'm writing it for the real you. So now you know the real me. A year ago, it was you who insisted on casting me as the Brighton Strangler. You said I was the perfect type. <laughs> it's all about an actor called Reginald Parker who's starring in a film called... Uh, not a film, uh, a play called The Brighton Strangler on the London stage. And uh, an air raid happens uh, in, uh, and hits the theatre. A piece of masonry falls on his head and when he wakes up, he thinks he's the character from the play, the Brighton Strangler. So he goes to Brighton and starts strangling people. There's a very, it's very specific, of course. Uh, In the play, the character Edward Gray is the Strangler, and he was double-crossed years before by the Lord Chief Mayor and um, the Chief of Police. So he goes to Brighton and strangles those two, for real. It's brilliant. There's so many good scenes in it. My favourite scene of all is when he's hit on the head. He wakes up, and he does that old movie thing where if they're hurt or uh, don't know where they are, then they put one hand on their head, close their eyes and sway gently. And when they walk along the street, they do what my friend Nigel calls triangular walking. You know, one step forward and then it's, it's like a solo waltz, you know? So imagine that, he's solo waltz, triangular walking down a bombed street, one hand on his head swaying gently with his eyes closed but what happens is he's approached by a few people you know like a lady will come up and say nice weather we're having ain't it and he says nice weather you know and she says oh yes i'm glad you agree with me and then a a guy will come along and say 
Oh, you better get in, sir. It's it's getting dark. Getting dark. Yes, that's what I said. Yes, go along there. Anyway, he ends up at the train station. He walks past a walks, walks past a poster for Canterbury. 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 Uh, and then all of a sudden, he hears a lady asking, you know, first class to Brighton." First class to Brighton, he says, while his eyes are closed and he's swaying next to the ticket office. Did you say first class to Brighton, sir? First class to Brighton. Oh, that'll be two and six. You know, and he's, uh, it's just brilliant. Uh, you know, no one notices. <laughs> no one notices that he's bombed. He's been bombed. <laughs> he manages to get to Brighton. <laughs> he strangles two people <laughs> I love this film so much <laughs> going to rain <laughs> oh it's brilliant you have to watch it unfortunately you can't buy it on DVD you can't buy it from Amazon you can't buy it anywhere I bought a copy from some disreputable film dealer you know, five or six years ago. So I've got a copy. If you want to come round and watch it, just please do. <laughs> it's such a great film. <laughs> Excuse me, but would you like a boiled sweet? Like a boiled sweet. <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on. Can we give you a lift somewhere, Mr. Grey? Lift somewhere. <laughs> but where would you like to go? Like to go. Oh, I think we'd better take you to a hotel. Do you have a hotel? Have a hotel. <laughs> he just dumped him at a hotel. <laughs> it's genius. You have to watch it. <laughs> Please watch it. Please try and find it. Or come to my house or something. You have to watch this <laughs> absolutely brilliant the 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 poster is brilliant as well you know there's no no messing around there's a pair of hands tightening a rope there's a picture of there's a picture of June Dupre there's a picture of June Dupre fiddling with her earring looking really boss eyed Oh, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> and then there's a picture of John Loder. He looks like he zipped his junk up. <laughs> the Brighton Strangler. You have to watch it. It's absolutely fantastic. And now here's a completely random segment I just thought of called The Top 3 Most Disappointing Witticisms That Ever Happened During a Sword Fight. Number 3. The captain's blade is not so firm. Still firm enough to run you through. Number two. I upset your plans. You've come to Nottingham once too often. When this is over, my friend, there'll be no need for me to come again. Number one. You know any prayers, my friend? I'll say one for you.
So uh, three Basil Rathbones were killed in the making of that segment. Three. Three times. He got killed in everything, didn't he? Which is weird because he was actually a really good fencer in real life. He could have taken Errol Flynn with one hand tied behind his back. Must have been so galling. Good wrist action, Basil. I bet he was good at Yahtzee. So uh, over the past week, I have launched the website, and obviously the first podcast went up. But um, I just want to say hi to all my new Twitter followers. So hi, um, at Mitchell Bryan, and at Samdy Brown, and at Monkey Hughes, and at EEC Gray, and at the Cucumber 89 at Johnny O'Connell, at Utter Biblio, at Jody Osborne, at Barker Fiona, at Sparky Wright, at Mean STS OTR Pod, at Hannibal 21, at Rachel Dunlop, at Andy BCFC, and at William Innes UK. Thank you all for following me. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, retweets and recommendations and just for going to the website and for subscribing that's really awesome of you um i also just want to say a big thank you um to the following people for going out of their way for really really pushing um everything in the past week it's really good of you i very much appreciate it uh, i'm trying to get the word out at the moment um so at monkey hughes uh at utter biblio um at eec gray at a podcast is born Hmm. Um, mean Streets Podcast, which is a Mean STS OTR pod. He actually runs his own old-time radio fan podcast where he uh, will review and give you some information behind classic crime uh, radio plays every week. And uh, you should all be subscribing to him. He's brilliant. And also to at Johnny O'Connell, really, you have gone above and beyond this week. He's been tweeting famous people. Um, trying to get the word out thanks John, I really appreciate it love you, thank you very much we're available on iTunes um, or you can search through your podcast app for Attaboy Clarence um, but we are also now on TuneIn Radio, they've added us to their service, um, so you can search on there and add uh, Attaboy Clarence to your favourites I don't know why I'm using the royal we we on, it's just me uh, alone with a blanket around me. That's quite sad. The Attaboy Clarence Podcast. Officially more popular than Shia LaBeouf. So, uh, on to this week's radio play. Well, quite simply, what else could it have been? Sit back and enjoy. Tonight, The Brighton Strangler, starring John Loder with June Dupre. Oh, hell yes. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you... Suspense! This is the man in black here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California who tonight from Hollywood bring you a radio play by Robert L. Richards, based on the RKO picture, The Brighton Strangler. The stars of the production are appearing with us this evening in this drama of an actor who specialized in murder and of a girl who became the unwilling heroine in a real-life play. And so with The Brighton Strangler, 
And with the performances of John Loder and June Dupre, we again hope to keep you in suspense. And the new year. Oh, Edward, it's been such a lovely holiday. April, my dear, I wouldn't stand too near the edge. The rail is very low and it's quite a drop to the street. I was only looking over the city. It's even a lovely night to have a holiday end. As long as it must end. All lovely things must end, my dear. Shall we join the others? It's a bit chilly out here on the terrace, don't you think? No. We can't go in just yet because... Because what? Because something has to happen first. What has to happen? You know what happened to the Lord Mayor of Brighton, don't you? He... Well, he was strangled. On Christmas Day. And the chief inspector? Three days later, he was strangled too, wasn't he? Edward. Don't try to pretend you haven't guessed who I am. No, Edward. You couldn't be... Go on, say it. The Brighton Strangler. You couldn't. But I did. My alibi for the Lord Mayor was very simple. I merely turned his watch back. And for the Chief Inspector, you yourself supplied me with an alibi. Remember? But why? Why? Because ten years ago they conspired to send an innocent man to prison. And that innocent man was me. And now you, my dear, are the only person... Alive, who knows? Edward, listen to me. We're in London. It's New Year's Eve. Don't you remember how... The silk cord. Edward, Edward, you're not going to... Yes. Help! Help! That's him! Stop! Stop or I'll shoot! You've got him! Dead. At last. The Broughton Strangler. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Oh, Reggie, it's so good. It's so good. I can't bear to close it, and it's making so much money. Well, you're the producer. Don't close it. Put someone else in the park. You know I can't do that. People don't come to see the Brighton Strangler. They came to see you, Reggie. To the public, you are the Brighton Strangler. Not after tonight, I'm not. I can't understand you, Reggie. Walking out on a play that gave you fame and fortune. I'm fed up. Fed to the teeth with it. That's all. Reggie, look, look, look. I won't speak for the play itself. It's only mediocre. I'll grant you that. But you've given it something. Just by sheer force of personality, you've made it authentic, terrifying, a tremendous psychological drama. Well, that's just it. Now, look here, Sheldon. Has it ever occurred to you that a man might feel if he strangled one more person, he'd go stark raving mad? <laughs> but it's only a play, Reggie. Just make believe. Oh, you ought to know by this time that you're an actor, a good actor. It's never entirely make-believe. Yes, yes. Now, look here, Reggie, look here. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll... I don't want to talk about it. Leave me alone, can't you? But, Reggie, I... Leave me alone. Can't you understand? Leave me alone. All right, all right, all right. There's no need to get edgy. Oh, I'm sorry. Got any plans? Mm, some service canteen shows. Well, if I don't see you, Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. Good night. Good night. 
Uh-uh. Air raid. Shelton! Shelton! Gone. Everyone's gone. No time to make the shelter now. Best stay here, I suppose. Mm, getting close. Mm, too close. Mm, this is it! gash on your head, haven't you? All right, why... Yes, yes, I'm all right. Oh, here, don't forget your suitcase, sir. Suitcase? Yes. Where are you going? Victoria Station? Huh? Yes. Victoria Station. How many? Three return tickets to Washington. Ah, here you are. Uh, yours? Return to Rottingdean, if you please. Right. Next. Single to Brighton. Brighton. Right, next. What's yours, sir? Single to Brighton. for suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you as stars Mr. John Loder and Miss June Dupre in The Brighton Strangler, tonight's tale of suspense. When you listen to the friendly advice of Miss Elsa Maxwell about hospitality and gracious living, you realize that here is an authority who talks plain common sense all the time. I'm talking to men as well as women when I say that the finest hospitality is always simple, sincere, moderate, and natural. Never the opposite. And so I'm always emphasizing that the nicest, simplest, most sincerely flattering hospitality is to serve your guests some Roma Sherry with its golden amber color, its deliciously tangy, nut-like flavor. It's not only supremely enjoyable before dinner or in the afternoon, it's smartly correct, of genuine compliment to your friends and to yourself. And please don't worry about special glasses. It's perfectly correct to use any nice glasses that are handy. Well, Miss Maxwell speaks more authoritatively than I can, but I will add this. Roma Sherry, like all famous Roma wines, made from California's magnificent sun-ripened grapes, brings you all their fine flavor, aroma, and color. Is unvaryingly good, always enjoyable, thanks to the age-old wine skill of Roma's noted wineries located in the choicest vineyard areas of California. Yet all this goodness and pleasure is yours for only pennies a glass. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wines. Roma, R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Mr. John Loder as Reginald Parker and June Dupre as April Manby, who now takes up the narrative concerning the Brighton Strangler, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
somehow, from that very first moment, I was drawn to him. He was handsome and attractive, yes, but it wasn't that. He seemed so lonely, so much in need of help. And then on the train, when I saw that he'd really been hurt, I just threw convention to the winds and took charge of him. You've been very kind. Well, someone had to put a bit of sticking plaster on that head of yours. Are you sure you're all right now? Oh, quite, thank you. It must have been terrible. I heard about the theater. The theater? Yes, of course. I recognized you the minute you stepped into the compartment. What? You are Reginald Parker, the actor, aren't you? I've seen your picture on the billboards dozens of times. Reginald Parker. And I've been dying to tell you, my name is April. April? Mm-hmm, that's the name of the girl in your play, isn't it? And I'm from Brighton. <laughs> April from Brighton. Only, of course, my last name is Mandy. That's where I'm going to, Brighton. Why, isn't that nice? We do have a lot in common, don't we? Yes, a great deal, I think. Oh, we're going to have such wonderful times in Brighton over the holidays. You know, I was wondering if you wouldn't think it forward of me. What? Well, my family's having a party at our house on Christmas Day. The Lord Mayor and a lot of people are going to be there. And The Lord Mayor? Yes, and if you'd like to come, I mean... Well, I'm really not a celebrity, aren't you know? But if you'd really like to come... Why, I'd, I'd be delighted. Oh, Mr. Parker, that would be wonderful. April... Why don't you call me Edward? Edward? Oh, you mean Reginald Parker's only your stage name. Yes, uh, yes, a stage name. Isn't that odd? I always knew actors had stage names, but I always thought yours was real. But I think I'd rather call you Reginald. Or at least introduce you to my family that way. It's so sort of confusing, two names. Well, what's in a name? Yes, after all, what is? Reginald, what... That little silk cord you keep twisting in your hands. Oh, this? Yes. I use this to strangle people. What? Oh, you mean in the play? Yes, in the play. Well, do you always carry it about with you? Always. Why? Oh, I don't know. For luck, I suppose. I've heard of actors having superstitions like that. Uh, do you have many friends in Brighton? Friends? Acquaintances. I haven't been back for ten years. They'll scarcely remember you, will they? The ones who are important will remember me. They will remember me very well. Hello there. Am I late? Just 5.30 now. Here, let me take your coat. Thanks. Now, come along and meet everyone. I'm so anxious for you to meet my parents. I told them so much about you. I didn't realize you knew so much about me. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mother, uh, Mother, I want you to meet Mr. Reginald Parker. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Parker? How do you and do? Mrs. Shackleton. How do you do? Mr. Shackleton. How are you? My father, Dr. Manby. How do you do, sir? And Chief Inspector Allison. How do you do? Well, everyone's here now but the Lord Mayor. I wonder what can be keeping him. Well, it's barely 5.30 now. It's a bit of a walk from his place. I expect he'll be along directly. Well, Mr. Parker, it's a pleasure to meet you in the flesh, so to speak, sir. I have an impression that we have met in the flesh before, Inspector. Well, not that I recall, sir, and I'm sure that I would. I would have thought so too, Inspector, if only because of our mutual adventures in villainy. Eh? Oh, 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 I see what you mean. 
Well, sir, I'm a practical criminologist, or more supposed to be. And I must confess that I find most of these plays and films and so on about crime rather preposterous. <laughs> Why? Why, in this day and age, a man can't go about killing people without being caught. Once in a while, perhaps, but uh, when you get these stories of chests with two or three and a whole string of victims, oh, no, 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 never. But, Inspector, they always are caught in the end, if only to prove to the kiddies that crime doesn't pay. But supposing it were the perfect crime? Oh, gosh, there's no such thing. Really? Are you interested in criminology, Mr. Parker? We ought to get together some evening while you're here. Perhaps I could give you a few experiences of my own that would amuse you. I should be delighted, Inspector. In fact... I shall make a point of it. Excuse me a moment. Hello? Yes? Yes, I'll call you. It's for you, Daddy. Oh, thank you, my friend. Yes? Yes, this is Dr. Manby speaking. What? Good Lord. Yes, yes. Very well, I'll, I'll tell him and I'll come over at once. What is it? What's wrong? Terrible thing has just happened. We'll need you on this, I'm afraid, Inspector. Now, what's happened? The Lord Mayor has been murdered. Murdered? Can't understand it. Why, he didn't have an enemy in the world. When did it happen? He left his house at 5.15 to come over here. He was apparently attacked by someone who'd been lurking in the shrubbery of his own grounds. He was killed at 5.30. His watch had been smashed during the struggle, and that's when it stopped. And uh, how was he killed, Doctor? He was... he was strangled. It was fantastic, of course. But there it was, that terrible coincidence, the strangling in Brighton. I must confess that my main concern was for Reggie. The way everyone glanced at him, the polite, standoffish way they talked to him, was enough to show they felt that somehow he was responsible for the dreadful thing that had happened. As for myself, I felt almost as badly as he did and thought I'd never known anyone quite so brave. For it was clear he wanted to get away and he was quite free to go. And yet he stayed on in Brighton, as though compelled to. Perhaps by a strange feeling that he mustn't run off until the mystery had been solved. He even made a little joke about it that night that I drove him to the concert. Well, this is one way of facing the music. Reggie, you mustn't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope you didn't mind too much driving me down. Of course I didn't. I know you must think I'm a low dog for picking the one night when you wouldn't come along. But it's their only program of Rimsky-Korsakoff, and I couldn't bear to miss it. I'll come another time. If you want me to. I want you to very much. Reggie, did you ever think that a play might have an effect on people who saw it? How? That someone might see it and want to do the same thing? Oh. Reggie, I think that's what happened. I think that someone saw your play and is trying to do the same thing in real life. Some poor creature with a twisted mind. A twisted mind? Please don't think I'm blaming you. But a play like that should never have been written. Should never have been allowed. Perhaps it was just uh, fated to be that way. The only thing I can think of to explain the things that have happened. Does it make a great deal of difference to you? Difference? In the way you feel about me. Oh, Reggie, no. I'm glad of that because I think quite soon now, perhaps after tonight, I shall have something very important to tell you, April. Oh. Well... Here we are. Well, thanks for bringing me, and you will pick me up. At 11.30 sharp. Tickets? Tickets, please, sir? Um, here, here you are. First aisle on your right, sir. First seat in the last row. Am I late? 
No, sir, it's just about to begin, sir. Sherizade? Yes, it's just 42 minutes long. Oh, is it? I never timed it. Yeah, make yourself comfortable by the fire. I was rather hoping you'd pick this evening to drop in. I'm all alone. I remember you said you'd be. Yeah. You have quite a music library, Inspector. Yes. And I see you collect other things as well. Eh? Oh, oh, my private chamber of horrors. Interested? Very much. Of course, you did want to talk about crime, didn't you? Well, each of these things, are rather gruesome, most of them to you, I expect, is like a trophy to me. I take this butcher knife. You can imagine what that was used for, I suppose. His wife? Mm, that's it. Carved her up and put her in a trunk and checked her at Brighton Station. We didn't find her for three months. Never did find her head. We got the chap, though. Now, here's something you don't see very often. A hangman's noose. Yes, the fellow who wore that collar last got me my biggest promotion. It must be a great moment of satisfaction when the bolt is pulled, the rope tightens, and you know your murder is done for. Yes, it is for a fact. But there's one trophy I intend to have here that'll make me prouder than all the rest. Just a little thing it is, too. Just a bit of cord. You mean uh, the cord that was used to strangle the Lord Mayor? Right you are, and I'll get it. Many years ago, uh, ten years to be exact, before the Lord Mayor was the Lord Mayor, he was a barrister defending a client in a court of law. And let us suppose that instead of defending his client, he betrayed him to the prosecution and the man went to prison. And let us suppose that the man returned one day, after all those years in prison, to take revenge. And he took it. Uh, very imaginative theory, Mr. Parker. Uh, why don't you drop into my office tomorrow and we'll discuss it further? Ah, but you've only heard half of my theory, Inspector. Let us also suppose that the representative of the prosecution to whom this innocent man was betrayed was someone more interested in collecting uh, trophies than in seeing justice. An ambitious man. A chief inspector of police, shall we say. Someone like you, Inspector. Yeah, really, Mr. Parker. Then it would also follow that our man would strangle you, wouldn't it, Inspector? I'm afraid play-acting has influenced your judgment, sir. This is no play, Inspector. No, you couldn't get away with a thing like this. You've said that before. Uh, people know where you are. Exactly. You uh, see, uh, I am at a concert. No! Uh, No, it's just over. Did you enjoy it? I don't think I've ever enjoyed a concert quite so much in all my life. Really? Uh, do you have a wireless in your car? Yes, there it is. I can find a view. Oh, yes, of course. I thought we might hear a bit of news. Mm-hmm. Under intense anti-aircraft fire, the Raiders were driven off. However, with only a minimum of damage to non-military objectives. I have just been handed a dispatch from Brighton. The Brighton Strangler has struck again. At approximately 11 o'clock tonight... Chief Inspector Allison of the Brighton Police Force was found dead in his flat. Reggie. He had apparently been murdered in the same manner as the Lord Mayor of Brighton, only three days before, by strangling. A 
again, there were no clues to the killer. Reggie. It's fortunate, my dear, that you and others know I was at the concert this evening. Fortunate? Because otherwise, it might seem almost one coincidence too many. Coincidence? Suddenly, all this coincidence that had seemed only the trickery of an impossible nightmare became the evidence of terrible reality. How I managed to maintain a semblance of calm as I drove him back to his hotel, I shall never know. The next day he had left, and that afternoon he called me from London. He said it was most urgent that I see him. I knew that I must go. But first, I went to the police. It seems uh, fortunate came to us first. Now, if you know where he is, miss, we'll arrest him at once. But I don't know where he is. And besides, I have no proof. Neither of you, neither has anyone. There's all the proof we need, miss. But don't you see the pattern? I'm to meet him at the Plaza Hotel. And the Plaza Hotel is a terrace. And tonight is New Year's Eve. And my name is April. You'll be taking your life in your hands, miss. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I pray that I am. Maybe you won't have to do anything and he'll come to you of his own accord when I tell him you want him. But if I'm not wrong, if this is the only way to save him, I'm the only person in the world who can do it. Well, uh, uh, what did you say the line in the play was? He says... And now you, my dear, are the only person alive who knows. The only person alive who knows. You do have a script of the play, don't you? Oh, yes, yes. Because you'll have to come right in on cue. Uh, do you have a copy of the play for yourself? I? I don't need one. I know it now by heart. <laughs> Eleven, twelve, midnight, and the new year. Shall we go in? It's a bit chilly out here, don't you think? No, we can't go in just yet because... Because what? Because something has to happen first. What has to happen? You know what happened to the Lord Mayor of Brighton, don't you? Uh, and the chief inspector, he was strangled too, wasn't he? Reggie. Don't try to pretend you haven't guessed who I am. Reggie. This is where the lines are different from the play. I've known who you are. Go on, say it. The Brighton Strangler. And now you have a silk cord in your hands and you want to strangle me. But you mustn't. Oh, listen to me, Reggie. You've been sick. Don't you understand? You've been sick and you've got to get well. And now you, my dear, are the only person alive who knows. Reggie, no. Yes. Applaud, all of you. Applaud. Applaud. Let go of her, all right. But keep him covered all the same. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now he's backing up to the railing. He'll fall. Stop him, someone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Good night. <laughs> So in a trance, bowing as he had so often to so many enchanted audiences of the Brighton Strangler, he stepped backwards towards the low parapet as though again leaving the stage and fell. We found him on the pavement below. He was still alive. It's April from Brighton. We were bombed, weren't we? And then I heard applause. I think I'm hurt, but you'll help me, won't you? I want to take just one last curtain call. 
he died there in my arms. So let me tell you about what's on the uh, the website this week and uh, what's gone up in the past seven days. <laughs> I've reviewed the Brighton. <laughs> this review. I'm so sorry. I need to get over this. There's a review of the Brighton Strangler. The Brighton Strangler. Brighton. Uh, a review of the Brighton. Brighton, Brighton Strangler. Um, a review of Night Key that's gone up. Um, there's. The first in the Bygone Heroes uh, series, which, as you know from last week, is Roland Young. Um, If you've ever wondered what the top ten best detective movies of the 1930s are, you can go and find out what I think they are at the site, too. Also, a review of Pursuit to Algiers, Sherlock Holmes film, which I think is criminally overlooked by everybody. And um, a review of Charlie Chan at the Opera, similarly overlooked, I think, by everybody. Also starring Boris Karloff. Oh, there's another film. There's another film in which he doesn't say, but I must be given time to finish my experiments before killing everyone. Um, And there's also an article I've written about the Lux Radio Theatre. It's not very exhaustive. It's quite short, but it will tell you what you need to know. And there's a sample you can hear. So go and have a look. And that is the show for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading or listening. Follow us. Doing it again. Follow me at at attaboyc on Twitter or email me at adam at attaboyclarence.com. Visit the website attaboyclarence.com. There are new articles going up pretty much every day at the moment. It's fantastic to be speaking to you. I'll see you again next week. Love you guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.